I'm Alex Rodriguez. And I'm Jason Kelly. From Bloomberg, this is The Deal. Each week, you're here in conversation with business icons. This show will explore deal-making across sports, media, and entertainment. That is a harsh lesson in business. Sports is not as simple as bringing a bunch of big names together. I didn't want to do another stomp you out speech. It opened up so many more doors. The show is called The The Deal. Deal. Listen to The Deal. Listen to The Deal on Spotify. You're dialed into the You Demand Podcast Sideline Report. Welcome on into the Utah Man Podcast. This is another sideline report episode. We're going to be talking about the news that have just hit uh, the last couple hours as Utah parts way with head coach Larry Koskroviak. I'm Cameron and I got Ryan. Hey, Ute Nation. All right, Utah fans. I mean, a lot of people are probably saying this is long overdue. After yes, 10 it is. years, after 10 years, can you believe that? It's been 10 years. It, well, it doesn't feel like it's been 10 <laughs> years. And I, I would say the first five years were, were pretty good. I think we were all thinking, oh, this is going to be great as this moves on. But the last five years have been awful. Well, and, and granted, right? I mean, Utah's program was crap when Larry came in, right? Oh yeah. I mean it absolutely Boylan ran that ran that in the ground. You know, let let's 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 call a spade a spade. I mean really there were there were no division one players on that team when he took over. No, none. Te- I mean technically they were division one because Utah is a division one team, but they were not division one players. So Larry, you know, okay, inherits that program that was just flat out terrible. And when Utah went into the Pac-12, they brought in Larry. And and your point, Ryan, you know, Larry did show a lot of promise uh, the first couple seasons. Uh, Two NCAA appearances uh, in there, uh, but but really, hasn't really done much, uh, especially in the last what five years. Uh, he leaves the program at 183 and 139 losses as the head coach. Uh, but, but Ryan, can you, what are your first initial thoughts? When you saw that come across, um, whether the email from the U or, or online on, on Twitter, what, what was your first initial thought? I guess my first initial thought was shock because I, I, I wasn't sure Harlan was going to pull the trigger. Um, and then you know start thinking about it, and you're like, yeah, it's the right move. I mean, all along, or last at least the last couple of years, I think uh, all of us who are avid Utah basketball fans, uh, and or who have been avid Utah basketball fans over the years, has seen this program decline to what it is now, and it's it's just become really frustrating. And we all wanted a change; we just didn't think that. It would happen based on the buyout money, based on uh, the, the pandemic and the money the youth athletic department was losing over the last year. I think Larry's a great guy. I think he's done a lot for the program. Like you said, uh, he brought it from nothing to to where it is now. Um, and but just like Harlan's statement said, it, it's it needs the program needs a new voice. It needs a new leader. It needs a new coach. I mean, I definitely agree with all those points. Uh, you know, for me, it it it's really I'm really torn. 
Um, you know, over the several years of, of doing this podcast, you know, we have the opportunity uh, to participate in a lot of media, a lot of media events, I should say. And, and, and so, you know, we have gotten a little bit familiar with, with Larry in those, in those settings. And, you know, Larry's always been very respectful. He's always been, you know, very receptive um, to us. And, and, and so, you know, in, in some ways, it, I feel bad. I, I do. Uh, I like Larry as a person. Um, mm-hmm. I, and, and if you watch this team in the Pac-12 tournament, they didn't give up. You know, they, they weren't quitting on their coach. Um, and that's why I almost thought maybe he was going to keep his job one more year, uh, just because of that fact. Um, but as you pointed out, Ryan, when, when it comes down to, it, it's a results-driven profession. And mm-hmm. two NCAA appearances in, in 10 years um, just isn't going to cut it for a, a P5 program. No, not for a P5 program, but also for a program that has the history that Utah basketball has. I mean, even before Majerus, it was known as a basketball school. And then Majerus took it to a level where, I mean, it was just an expectation to go to the tournament and even go deep in the tournament. Really, it's been hit and miss since that time. And I, it, it, it really... It's definitely time for a change. Um, you never like to see somebody lose their job, but being being um, college sports being the business that it is nowadays, uh, you've got to you've got to win. You've got to put fans in the seats, and the product on the floor was not drawing the attention it needed to. I mean, there were there's a few things that. I, at least a couple of things off the top of my head here that I think um, we all got frustrated with and led to all of this was number one, the transfers. I mean, every year somebody or, or multiple people left the program, uh, whether they, whether Larry kicked them to the curb because he didn't feel they were a good fit or the players said, no, this isn't for me. I mean, a lot of good players over the years left the program after one or two seasons, and you you just can't build anything when they can't, when there's when it's just a revolving door. And then the, you know there was also coaching things. I mean, how many times have we all complained that he doesn't know how to draw an out drop an out of bounds play and get an open look? I mean, there's some there's some definitely some coaching things as well. So. Well, I, I, I appreciate you bringing up the transfer thing because um, you're right. That has been an issue under Larry since he's been at the U. And I know that's a problem in college basketball in general, right? There's a mm-hmm. lot of transfers uh, that seem to be more of a trend uh, before college football is now part of that. Uh, and, and I know a lot of guys, Larry drove out, right? And they weren't going to bigger and better programs. But that being said, I think it does create a bad atmosphere, a bad culture. I mean, you look at mm-hmm. what Kyle Winningham has instilled on football. I mean, we heard it just the other day with, um, with, with the transfers that have come in recently. They talked about it was a family atmosphere. That's what drove them to leave a Baylor, to leave a Texas. Um, and it just seems like Larry really hasn't instilled that type of Pro, that type of atmosphere in his program. 
And ultimately, if you don't have an identity, if your program doesn't have an identity, how can you succeed? And obviously, we're not privy to inside the locker room and a lot of things that go on. But from an outsider's perspective, it it appears that Larry is a hard-nosed, you do it my way or you don't do it kind of coach. Uh, and I think that's probably what drove a lot of these players away. It, it's it's his way or the highway. And if they felt their game didn't didn't match that or wasn't a compliment to that, then then he kicked them out or they left. And I could be way off base, but he didn't come across as a player's coach. No, and I think even Larry admitted that, uh, what, two years ago when he said he kind of had to change the way he coached things. But I think ultimately that goes back to recruiting. You know, when he's bringing guys into the program, he's got to know that they're going to be able to respond to the way that he coaches. Um, Mm -hmm. And so that's why I think I I ultimately, I just don't think a a culture was built. Um, A lot of great players. Um, a lot of a lot of great wins, a lot of fun wins, um, but ultimately, I think to have the success that the fans want and success that Mark Harlan and the university want, it just it wasn't happening under Kostoviak, um, and, and and ultimately, I think that's kind of what did him in. Okay, so that's you know our our initial thoughts, our feelings of of how we're taking this news. Uh, would love to hear what you have to say. You can always hit us up on Twitter at Utah Man Podcast. We got to go to a break, and when we come back, you know, I want to talk about you know, some nuggets that, that Mark Harlan said and some statements that he's issued today. Um, and as well, you know, let's go ahead and kind of look at maybe some possible head coaches that could come in and lead the youths. I'm Alex Rodriguez. And I'm Jason Kelly. From Bloomberg, this is The Deal. Each week, you're here as in conversation with business icons. This show will explore deal-making across sports, media, and entertainment. That is a harsh lesson in business. Sports is and not uh, as simple you know, as bringing a bunch of big names together. I didn't want to do another stomp you out speech. It opened so, up so many you know, more doors. The show is called The, the deal. deal. Listen to The Deal. Listen to The Deal on Spotify. Alrighty, so Mark Harlan did release a couple statements today. Uh, I think one that I kind of want to hit on that I think maybe didn't catch a lot of people's eyes. Uh, this one actually got sent to University of Utah you know, season ticket holders. Uh, he says, I have begun the process to identify and hire a new head coach for our men's basketball program. As you all know, this is a special place with tremendous resources and people, and I have no doubt this will be an incredible, attractive position to a dynamic leader who will put our student-athletes first, who will support their academic pursuits, and will lead us to the Pac-12 championship and deep runs in the NCAA tournament. I know that was a mouthful, but they've already started the process. And, you know, I I mean, ideally, you know, an AD kind of already has an idea that you know, what interest is out there if a job uh, would become available. I mean, as the season progressed, Carlin had to know that it was headed this direction. And I don't think you pull the trigger unless you know a few guys out there who you've either got your eye on or you know that uh, has some interest in the position. 
I don't think you just this this is, he didn't wake up the day after the they lost in the Pac-12 tournament and said, uh, "Larry's got to go. Where do we start?" A hundred percent. And I mean, what we're hearing too is that you know this was over a course of a few days, um, a discussion. And to me, I like that because it leads me to believe that this wasn't just purely off emotion, that this was a business decision, that Mark Harlan was looking at every single angle and, you know, coming up with solution that best fits for the university. Yeah, I agree. And I think the part that um, that we kind of hit on it in the beginning here is the the cost of the buyout. And I think as fans, that's, but that's been something that's been talked about, uh, you know, all over Twitter as this thing has gone on that, you know, Utah's not going to uh, pull the trigger on this because of the money that they would owe Larry. Um, and then, you know, the deficit they've been in because of the pandemic and clearly the statement that he's made is that they figured out a way, whether it's, it's got to be some donor has stepped up and said, "Oh, you know, we'll contribute to, we'll pay all of this, or at least contribute to it generously to um, get us out of this situation." So uh, I, I did find that interesting, and, and which I think speaks to where Harlan eventually wants or sees this program be. I mean, you you have to make decisions like this. You can't just keep paying a guy to be mediocre, even though you owe him a ton of money. I think you're dead on. And I remember, you know, a couple podcasts ago, we were talking about Larry's future and Scott said something and I, I, I tweeted it out um, right after the news is uh, Harley needed to do something to prove that the university cared about the basketball program. And it, and it needed to be done. I mean, from just from the, the fan standpoint, I mean, uh, take the pandemic out of it when fans couldn't attend the game. But over the last three, four, five years, and you could probably go beyond five years, the Huntsman Center is just empty during basketball games. When it used to be, now I'll age myself here, but when I was at school there, it was packed every single game. And it was a fun place to be. Think about the last time we went to a game to to cover it for the podcast. They had the curtains down over the top row or over the mm-hmm. the upper the top yeah the the upper, upper bowl. bowl. Thank you. It's it's fallen a long ways since the since those glory days when you know we were we were the late night Monday night ESPN ten o'clock tip off and it doesn't matter ten o'clock tip off and that place was humming and you can't even get you can't get anyone there now except for mario and luigi (laughs) so let's go ahead and you know let's let's look at maybe a few guys that that could be the ones to kind of get the huntsman center rocking again um obviously there's been a, a lot of names just kind of been thrown around you know, these are uh, maybe a few guys that, that we've seen online that we've kind of heard, you know, through our different channels of, of maybe could, you know, be on the list or whatnot. Uh, obviously, to top the list, Porter Moser uh, from Loyola, Chicago. 
led him to a Final Four in 2018. Uh, the big kicker here is he coached with Rick Majerus at St. Louis. Now, yeah, he doesn't have ties Majerus to Utah, protégé. but yeah, definitely tied to, to Rick Majerus and an up-and-coming coach. And, and it's been rumored today that he might be headed to Indiana, too. So, I mean, I think he's, the, I think he's a fairly sought-after coach, so I, I wouldn't be surprised at all if he if uh, Harland hasn't already reached out to him. Uh, next ones we've, we, you know, kind of heard, I think these have kind of been out on social media. Mark Pope at BYU, Craig Smith at Utah State. Uh, you know, I, I don't know if I, I love those. Um, and I don't know if, if it even it would happen, right? Um, I, I don't see either one of those being long-term coaches at, at their respective universities. But at the same point, I, I just don't see them fitting with Utah, if that makes sense. Yeah, I think I, I think Mark Pope definitely would be a little bit of a long shot just because of the rivalry situation. Um, then, you know, he hasn't even been at BYU that long either. So uh, I, I don't know. Maybe if you're Harlan, you make the call just to see. But uh, I think... I think BYU's done fairly well with him, so why you know they they might uh, counter offer to try to keep him, obviously, because I think they like him. But Craig Smith at Utah State, uh, definitely an up and comer. He's done well up at Utah State, uh, and uh, and obviously, I think we all agree, and I think even Aggies fans would agree that Utah State is a stepping stone to a bigger program. So just to pay, I think it just depends on what Craig Smith wants. Uh, next couple of names, Chris Jans at New Mexico state. Uh, he's taken the Aggies to three NCAA appearances. Uh, you know, another guy that that's built a program down there. Uh, here's an interesting one. Bryce drew at a grand Canyon. Uh, he does have P five experience with Vanderbilt. Um, however, you know, didn't end well. Uh, his last year at Vanderbilt, he went winless in the SEC and, and was fired. Uh, but, you know, maybe a change of scenery has helped him uh, as he has helped, you know, Grand Canyon uh, n- take that program to the next level. The only thing I know about Bryce Drew is one shining moment. Back when he hit, hit a game winner in the NCAA <laughs> tournament. Uh, Andy Tool at Robert Morris. Uh, he's recorded seven win, seven winning seasons over ten years. Yeah, you know, I know he's not you know the big flashy name, uh, but a guy who has you know done some stuff with Robert Morris. Uh, I think they upset Kentucky in the NIT uh, just a few years ago. Be able to win at a small school in, in a small conference, I, um, I think, does show something. Um, and then, you know, some interesting names um, that, are, that are popping up, Johnny Bryant and Alex Jensen. I will say there is some Utah a blood. 0% chance. 0%? Are you serious? Why would you leave the NBA to come coach college? Wait, you, ha- you have a valid point. So I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to put on my Ute goggles here, though. I think I think Alex Jensen is a longer shot than Johnny Bryant. I think Alex Jensen really? has already been rumored and interviewed for some head coaching positions in the NBA. So I think 
I think that's where he wants to be, and he's a, he's well on his way for the, to do that. Even though I'd love him to be to be at Utah, I think he'd be phenomenal. Oh, don't get me wrong. I think they. I would love both of them to come back and coach the Ute, uh, especially what Johnny Bryant has done as far as player development with the Utah Jazz. Mm-hmm. Uh, but the fact that he is, I think he's the lead assistant with the New York Knicks. I, I think both of them are on this path to be NBA head coaches, and. I, did. That very, I mean, that very well could be true, but I, th- I think, uh, I mean, to me, Johnny Bryant, if he wanted the job is a no brainer because his ability to recruit guys that can play ball and then add his ability to, to develop the players, it could turn this program sky high. I, again, I would like him. I'm not holding my breath. For either one, um, so that's kind of the the names we've kind of heard. Uh, before we wrap this up, Ryan, if you're Mark Harlan, who do you hire out of this list, or in any anything, anybody? Okay, I'm gonna go there, Rick Patino. Oh, geez. just kidding. <laughs> just kidding. That'd be awful. Um. Although you'd probably win, may not be legally, but you would win. Hey, we got to compete with Arizona. <laughs> out of the guys we just named, out of the two long shots, I would take Johnny Bryant. But out of the others, I w- I'd take a run at, at uh, Porter Moser. I think uh, I think he could he could be a, an up and coming coach that could definitely put Utah back on the map again. However, I, I mean, I think it's, I think it, we should talk about whoever takes this job has got their work cut out for him in recruiting the players that are already in the program. Because if, if a lot of these guys bail, whether at, right after the new coach is hired or before the new coach is hired, this guy's going to be starting from scratch with nothing. When you got to also think there's going to be a lot of pressure on this new coach. I think Larry had the benefit of coming in and, and not having pressure right away. Just start building something, start working towards something. Uh, Whoever comes in, it's, you have to win and you have to win now. Whoever they hire, if they, if he can keep Martinez, you know, hire, hire his uh, dad, as an assistant and keep Martinez on the team, that's huge. Um, and keep Carlson and Jan Tunin, if you can, and, and even Larson, um, then I think you can hit the ground running. Uh, but if you lose one or two or three of those guys, it's going to be a, it's going to be a rebuild for a few years. And definitely something Utah fans do not want to go through again. Uh, yep. if, if I was Mark Harlan for the day, Again, I would love Johnny Bryant, Alex Jensen. I would definitely give them a call, expecting them to turn me down, and then I would put all my eggs in the Porter Moser basket. Ooh, that's two for two. Since Scott's not here, I'm going to say he's going to pick... He's going to pick Craig Smith. He probably would. (laughs) That's going to do it for this uh, sideline report. Ryan, where can people find you on Twitter? At Drum and Feather. Drum, the letter N, Feather. 
You can follow me on Twitter and Instagram at Utah Man Podcast. You can always catch us at our home at utahmanpodcast.com. And we're available everywhere and anywhere you listen to a podcast, iTunes, Stitcher, Google Play. And hopefully we have some great news in the near future for this running Utes basketball team. And hey, spring football is upon us. Uh, make sure you yeah. su- make sure you're subscribed because we have interviews uh, throughout the week from the football team. Until next time, go Utes. Go Utes. We're good. Let's cut it. The views and opinions expressed on this podcast are their own and are no way affiliated with the University of Utah.